0: You're listening to the Sitting in Traffic podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Giese. Come along for the ride as I drive to work and talk about fantasy football. to the podcast. This is episode three of the Sitting in Traffic podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Giese, and today is Friday, November 12th, 2021. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Sitting in Traffic Pod and on Twitter at Sit in Traffic Pod. If you've got a question for the show that you'd like read, email us at Sitting in Traffic Pod at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Let's get into the Thursday night recap. Thursday night recap. So in our Thursday night football game last night, we had the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Miami Dolphins. Um, and in a somewhat surprising and unfortunately low-scoring game, uh, the Miami Dolphins managed to upset the Baltimore Ravens by a score of 22-10. to 10. For a game that had a 47-point over-under, you were most likely disappointed that your week didn't get off to a hot start like you were hoping for if you were starting some of the players in tonight's game. Um, But on the flip side, if your opponent was starting some of the players in last night's game, you're definitely happy about that low-scoring affair. Um, Jacoby Brissett started the game for the Dolphins um, for the who we thought was too injured to play Tua Tagovailoa and managed to have the Dolphins clinging on to a slim 6-3 lead when he left with an injury and was replaced by Tua. The more puzzling aspect of this was that there was a clip shown of um, Dolphins head coach Brian Flores yelling on the sidelines to keep Brissett on the sidelines after he got cleared to return to action. So I'm not sure why Tua wasn't named the starter to begin with, um, but he definitely came in and sparked the Dolphins offense, completing eight of 13 passes for 158 yards with no turnovers and added a rushing touchdown to help seal the victory for the Dolphins. Unfortunately, in fantasy, none of this mattered. Um, If you had to start Brissett, you were disappointed that he went out after having only about 153 passing yards, no touchdowns, Uh, and you probably weren't bold enough to start Tua after hearing a report that he would be serving as the backup, Um, and it would only come in in the event of an emergency. So neither of those guys really helped you this week. Uh, Miles Gaskin had a quiet night with only 45 yards on 15 touches, So you're disappointed by that. Jalen Waddell had a decent game if you played him, hauling in four catches for 61 yards. So not as much volume as you would have hoped for, but he finished with 10 PPR points. So you're probably okay with that result, although you were probably hoping for a little bit more in what was supposed to be a higher scoring game. Mike Gesicki uh, gave you a goose egg to start your week with zero catches. But he was targeted at a team high seven times. So you're going to most likely brush this game off as a one-time fluke and go right back to the well with him next week. On the Ravens' side of the ball, pretty much everyone had a quiet night as the Ravens only managed 10 points on offense. Lamar Jackson had 238 passing yards and 39 rushing yards to go along with one touchdown pass and one interception. So he ended up with 17 fantasy points in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, which definitely didn't kill you, um, but it's obviously not as many points as you would have hoped for against what looked like an easy matchup against Miami. Devonta Freeman led the way for the Ravens running backs with 10 carries for 35 yards and added three catches for 23 yards. But again, it's just not the production you were hoping for in this matchup. Mark Andrews is probably the only player in this whole game that you're happy about starting. He finished with six catches for 63 yards and a touchdown, giving you a solid 18 fantasy points. And Marquise Brown uh, led the way for the Ravens pass catchers with 13 targets, but only managed to turn that into 37 yards on six catches. So not a bust week by any means in PPR leagues with 10.7 points, but it certainly wasn't the boom week you were hoping for from Brown. Moving forward, the Dolphins are at the Jets next week. You're starting Waddle and Gasicki for sure in that matchup. I'd also be willing to play Miles Gaskin as a flex play. If Tua is healthy and listed as the starter, he's definitely in the quarterback 2 conversation if you're playing in a two-quarterback or super flex league. And also check your waivers to see if the Dolphins' defense is available. They've been quietly above average in their last two games, holding their opponents to 19 total points. And three weeks ago, they held the high-powered Bills offense to only three points in the first half before falling apart in the second half of that game. But against the Jets, they'll definitely be one of the more popular streaming options next week. And the Ravens are at the Chicago Bears next week, so look for their offense to get back on track in that game. But you're really only starting Lamar, Andrews, and Brown for the Ravens right now. Possibly Devonta Freeman at Flex if you're desperate. Or if Latavius Murray makes it back next week, he should be playable as well. That does it for the Thursday night recap. Let's look at our Sunday previews. Sunday previews. All right, so first up on our Sunday preview, we have the Falcons at the Cowboys. Uh, This game is a 54.5 point over-under, with the Cowboys currently favored by 9 points. On the Dallas side of the ball, you were disappointed last week by pretty much everyone on their offense, but you're going to throw them all back into your lineups again this week. Dak Prescott is my quarterback four this week, so he should be starting in every lineup in a matchup against the Falcons defense, who's ranked 29th against the pass this year. Ezekiel Elliott is my running back seven this week, and you should be seeing plenty of his feed me celebration. C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are my wide receiver 11 and 17, respectively, this week. They should both get back on track after having a disappointing week nine performance against the Broncos. Other players from the Cowboys you might be playing this week. Do you remember Michael Gallup? Uh, He's expected to return this week after injuring himself way back in week one. He's a flex play consideration for me this week, although with a number of mouths to feed in this offense and the fact that this is his first game back after a lengthy absence due to injury, I'm probably looking for safer options this week before considering reinserting him into my lineups next week. With Blake Jarwin now on IR, Dalton Schultz is a solid tight end option for you. Coming in as my tight end nine on the week, so unless you also happen to have one of the top four or five elite tight ends, you probably want to make sure Schultz is in your lineup this week. On the Falcons' side of the ball, Matt Ryan comes in as my quarterback 15 on the week, so he's right on the edge of consideration in one quarterback leagues for me this week. It's expected to be a high-scoring game, and if Atlanta gets down early, Matty Ice is going to have to throw the ball around a lot. He's also thrown for over 300 yards in three of his last four games, so I'd be willing to throw him out there this week if needed. Cordero Patterson comes in as my running back nine this week. At this point, I've kind of been waiting for the wheels to come off, um, but I'm going to continue to ride the bandwagon until they do. He's having an extremely solid year and should be locked and loaded in your lineups each week with the workload and production that he's had so far this year. Mike Davis is my running back 38 this week, so at best you're looking at him as a desperation flex play. Um, But ever since their bye week three weeks ago, he's just really not getting the same amount of work that he's been getting earlier in the season. In their three games since their bye week, Davis has finished with less than three PPR points in two of those three games. So until he starts seeing an increase in touches, I'm going to stay away from him. Kyle Pitts should be in your lineup every week. Bottom line, enough said, period. Calvin Ridley continues to be out after being placed on the reserve non-football injury list um, for mental health reasons, meaning that the earliest he could return to the Falcons lineup would be their November 28th game against the Jaguars. So in his absence, Russell Gage, Tajay Sharp, and Olamide Zac- Zacchaeus are the three Falcons wide receivers' names to know while Ridley is out. Um, but good luck predicting which one of them is going to perform week in and week out. Zacchaeus had a great week last week, scoring two touchdowns, but he did it on only three catches. So for me, I'm looking somewhere other than a Falcons wide receiver if I'm looking for a flex player this week. The next game on up on the slate is the New Orleans Saints visiting the Tennessee Titans. This game has a 44-point over-under, with the Titans currently favored by a field goal. At this point, we don't know for certain if Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill will be starting at quarterback for the Saints on Sunday. Um, But given all that we know, I'm operating under the assumption that Simeon will be starting. Given that assumption, the only Saints player I'm interested in playing this week is Alvin Kamara, assuming he starts, Um, but there was a report that came out right at the time of Uh, When I started this recording saying that the Saints are preparing for the week without Kamara. So if that's the case, uh, make sure he's not in your lineups. But also see if Mark Ingram's still available. Um, He's probably not, but if you have him on your bench and Kamara misses the game, Mark Ingram would jump to a a very high-end RB2 this week for me with RB1 upside and should be started in your leagues if Kamara is out. I'm not really interested in any Saints pass catchers. I just don't see much of a ceiling with Simeon at quarterback. I'm sure one or two guys might end up with a good week if they happen to get into the end zone. But just like with the Falcons wide receivers, like good luck guessing who that's going to be. For the Titans, you're starting A.J. Brown, and that's about it. Ryan Tannehill is worth starting in two quarterback or super flex leagues only. He's my quarterback 16 this week. I'm not confident in Adrian Peterson until I see more production from him. And at this point in his career, Julio Jones just isn't producing the way you're used to. He's been held to less than 60 receiving yards in all but one game this year and couldn't even top 40 get yards in their last two games. I'm staying away if I can help it. The next game we have is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. Trevor Lawrence has been a major disappointment so far this season, both in fantasy and in real life. He's a bottom-end quarterback two for me this week, and I'm looking for other options if I'm in a two-quarterback league. James Robinson, who has been out due to a heel injury, returned to practice on Thursday in limited fashion, so he's trending in the right direction as far as his availability for playing on Sunday. If he plays, he does have a tough matchup against the Colts defense, who is ranked third in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs this season, but as long as Robinson gets his normal workload, he should still manage a nice day on just volume alone. For Jaguars pass catchers, I'm interested in tight end Dan Arnold this week. He's been solid lately, and I talked about him on my Wednesday podcast as my tight end lock of the week. He's my tight end 11. Um, Marvin Jones is my wide receiver 33 on the week. I'm willing to write off a poor game against a tough Buffalo Bills defense last week, especially when he's got a nice matchup against the below-average Colts pass defense. Laviska Chennault and Jamal Agnew are dart throws for me this week if you're looking for a desperation flex play. On the Colts' side of it, Jonathan Taylor, baby. What more do I need to say? Running back two on the year, averaging almost 21 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. He's locked into your lineup every week. Carson Wentz should have a nice week here against the Jags defense. That's middle of the pack against opposing quarterbacks. He was my quarterback lock of the week uh, as well. Wentz is quietly having a very solid fantasy season, scoring over 20 fantasy points in seven out of nine games this year and six point per passing touchdown scoring formats. He's my quarterback 11 this week. Michael Pittman is my wide receiver 8 on the week and should be locked into your lineups at this point in the season. He's enjoying a nice breakout year in his second year in the league, proving that he's one of the more dominant wide receivers in the NFL. Other players you might be considering for the Colts are T.Y. Hilton. Don't do it. He's only played in two games this year due to injuries until he proves he can stay healthy and be involved in the offense. I'm not rolling the dice. Naeem Hines had a great week last week, scoring over 20 fantasy points. But in the five weeks before last week, he failed to record more than 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues in any of those games. So I'd like to see this increase in production stick around for more than one game before I'm willing to throw him back in my lineup. And Mo Ali cox uh, tight end for the Colts, continues to be a touchdown dependent option, and lately he's been lacking in that department. Um, and for a player who hasn't managed to bring in more than three catches in a single game all season... It's amazing that he's fantasy-relevant, but again, that's due to the touchdowns. So if you're starting him this week, it's because you're desperate and rolling the dice that he managed to find his way back into the end zone um, to salvage his day. Next up, the Cleveland Browns head into Foxborough this weekend to take on the surprising 5-4 and four New England Patriots. This game is a 45-point over-under, with the Patriots currently favored by 2.5 points. As I mentioned earlier in the week, the Browns lost all of their running backs um, to the COVID list, with the exception of Ernest Johnson. At the time of this recording, um, Nick Chubb is listed as out on ESPN, but there is a note on his player page saying that there's still technically a chance he could play on Sunday. Um, of course, he needs two negative COVID tests within a 24-hour period to make that happen, so hopefully we have a definitive answer by Saturday. At the latest, so you know how to set your lineups. If Chubb plays, he's a top-five running back on the week for me. If he's out, D'Ernest Johnson becomes a top-20 running back. Uh, Simply due to workload and the Browns' willingness to run the ball with anyone that's back there. In his first career start and his lone start of the season, when both Chubb and Kareem Hunt were out, Johnson saw 24 touches and turned them into 168 yards and a score. So he should be in all lineups this week if Chubb were to miss the game. I'm not particularly interested in Baker Mayfield. He's a two quarterback league consideration only at this point in the season. I'm also not thrilled about any of the Browns' pass catchers in this matchup against the Patriots defense who has been quietly very good against the pass this year, so I'm probably not playing the likes of Jarvis Landry, Donovan's Peoples-Jones, or David Njoku this week. On the Patriots' side of things, Mac Jones is also only a two-quarterback consideration play. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Patriots' running backs, are still sidelined due to concussions as of Thursday, so their status for this week is unknown. The Browns have been really solid against the run this year, so I'm not particularly interested in playing any Patriots running backs this week, but I would be willing to play Harris in my flex if he's cleared from his concussion. Doing those pass catchers have continued to be a disappointment this season, while spreading the ball around to a bunch of different receivers helps a team's real-life NFL success. It makes things frustrating for fantasy owners. Um, I'm avoiding all Patriots wide receivers this week. Hunter Henry has been the lone reliable pass catcher for the Patriots as of late, But that's mainly due to his five touchdown catches in the last six weeks. So as long as he continues his trend of getting into the end zone, you'll be fine with his results. Uh, He's my tight end 14 on the week, so at least you hopefully have at least one better option on your roster. Um, But if not, you can probably throw Henry out there and hope that he continues his trend of getting into the end zone. The next game we're previewing is the Buffalo Bills, um, who are traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets this week. Buffalo's favored by 12 points in a game with a 47.5 point over-under. I fully expect Josh Allen and the Bills' pass catchers to rebound from their weirdly low-scoring game against the Jaguars last week. You're confidently starting Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Emmanuel Sanders this week. Cole Beasley is a nice flex option as well. As of Thursday, Zach Moss was still in the concussion protocol, so his status for Sunday's game is unknown. If he were to miss, that would bump Devin Singletary up to an RB2 for me. If Moss is active, I'm not playing Singletary, and Moss would be a low-end flex play for me. For the Jets, Mike White is expected to start one more week for them. He's been electric any he's been on the field. Unfortunately, he left early last week with a wrist injury, which ruined his fantasy day for anyone that was bold enough to start him in a two-quarterback league. Um, but going up against a tough Buffalo defense, he's nothing more than a low-end quarterback, two for me this week. You probably don't want to start any Jets pass catchers against the Bills, Corey Davis returned to practice and looks to be trending toward playing on Sunday. If he is back, in my opinion, um, then it throws some cold water on the coming-out party that Elijah Moore has been having lately. With Davis back in the mix, I don't think either player sees enough volume to be worth starting as anything higher than a flex play in your lineups. Michael Carter, uh, running back for the Jets, has been one of the lone bright spots for them this season, currently sitting as RB20 in PPR scoring. Um, Carter is my running back 18 on the week. So he's a low end RB two with upside. If he can manage to find the end zone, uh, the Detroit lions visit the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. And again, with a very low 42 and a half point over under with the Steelers currently favored by nine points on the Lions' side of the ball, Jared Goff is only a consideration in two quarterback leagues this week. You're starting TJ Hawkinson. If you got him, he's a top five tight end so far this season. So you're rolling him out each week. DeAndre Swift is a must start each week as well, Um, and with Jamal Williams likely to be out or at the very least um, be very limited on Sunday, Swift should see a nice uptick in work and end up with a solid fantasy day based on volume alone. I'm not expecting anything incredibly amazing from him this week because they are playing the Steelers, who have been second in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs this season. Other players you might be considering from the Lions are wide receivers Caliph Raymond or Amon Ra St. Brown. They're both super deep league flex plays for me this week, and I'm staying away if I can help it. The Lions only have a team implied point total of 17 points, and there's just not enough value to go around on this offense for anyone not named Swift or Hawkinson. For the Steelers, you're obviously starting Najee Harris. He's my running back for this week. He's been getting that insane amount of workload that you've come to know and love from Steelers running backs. And he's been delivering on it week in and week out. So you're looking for a huge week out of him here against the Lions defense that ranks 31st in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Big Ben is only a two quarterback or super flex consideration this week. I do think he'll have a nice day, um, but I don't think it's going to be enough fantasy production to sway me from starting the other and probably more reliable quarterback I've got on my roster. Wide receiver Chase Claypool is unlikely to play this week after suffering a toe injury in last week's game. He has yet to practice all week. His absence would give a slight bump in value to Deontay Johnson and James Washington, in my opinion. You're starting Johnson as your wide receiver one this week. He's my wide receiver seven uh, in rankings. And James Washington moves up into flex consideration with Claypool out. He's my wide receiver 65 on the week. I probably wouldn't start Washington if I had better options. Um, But if you're desperate, he would be a nice flex play if Claypool is out. Lastly, um, rookie tight end Pat Freermuth has been on a roll lately with 16 catches for 145 yards and three touchdowns in his last three games. He climbs up my ranks this week as well um, with Claypool expected to be out and is my tight end 10 on the week. Up next, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Washington football team. This game has a relatively high 51-point over-under. With Tampa Bay being favored by nine and a half points. From the Buck side of the ball, um, Tom Brady is locked and loaded at quarterback one each week. He's my QB three on the week, and I expect him to have another great game here. A report came out this morning um, that said Chris Godwin is going to be a game time decision this week as he's dealing with a foot injury. He said he hopes, um, head coach Bruce Arian said he hopes to see Chris Godwin practice today, um, but at the time of this recording, we don't know if that's happened or not. If Godwin plays, you're starting him as a wide receiver one, but I would have a backup plan in place in the event that he's out. Luckily, the Bucks have the early game, so you'd be able to find a replacement in later games if needed. Antonio Brown and uh, Rob Gronkowski both have been ruled out this week. That news broke right at the beginning of uh, when I started recording this podcast, so can't count on either of them this week. You're starting Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette, no questions asked. They're my, They're my wide receiver six and running back 13 on the week. Um, And a player that could benefit um, if uh, Godwin is out and probably actually will see a decent amount of um, value now that Brown and Gronk have been ruled out is wide receiver Tyler Johnson. So he might be someone worth grabbing off waivers, um, especially if you're holding on to Godwin and maybe if he's declared out on Sunday morning, just grab Johnson and throw him into your lineup instead. On the Washington side of the ball, Taylor Heineke is a decent quarterback two option this week. Um, considering the expectation for Washington to be losing this game, thus the added need for him to throw the ball. Uh, Scary Terry McLaurin should be locked into your lineups as a wide receiver one. Uh, He's my wide receiver 14 on the week. I think he'll have a nice game. Running back Antonio Gibson is questionable with a stress fracture in his shin, but he did manage to practice in a limited capacity on Thursday. He had the added benefit of a bye week last week, uh, and so a little bit of extra time to rest there for him and I would expect him to play through the injury. He's my running back 27 on the week. J.D. McKissick uh, is quietly having a nice season in PPR leagues and is the running back 25 on the year in PPR scoring formats. He should be in consideration as a low-end RB2 slash flex play this week, but he would bump up to a high-end RB2 if Gibson were to be out. Um, With tight end Logan Thomas not expected to come off IR yet, Those are really the only fantasy-relevant options that you're considering for Washington this week. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's favored by 10.5 points, and again with a 44-point over-under. For the Panthers, you're starting Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and that's it. With backup quarterback P.J. Walker throwing the ball for the Panthers, I expect a heavy workload for run CMC, but I don't trust anyone else in this offense enough to put up enough production to be worth starting. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is expected to be back at practice today with the expectation that he plays on Sunday. If he plays for the Cardinals, um, he plays in your lineup. It's that simple. If he happens to miss his second game in a row, I think you can start Colt McCoy in two quarterback leagues. With Chase Edmonds already being rolled out for the next several weeks, welcome to week two of the James Conner Show. I don't expect another 40-point for performance from him again this week, uh, but against the reeling Panthers team, He should have another solid performance and should end up with around 15 to 20 um, PPR points this week. It was never really a question of talent um, for me when it came to James Conner. It's always been a question of health. And now that he's fully healthy again, he's reminding us how good he still is. DeAndre Hopkins um, doesn't appear to be practicing today, which doesn't bode well for his chances of playing on Sunday. But if he does suit up, you're starting him in all of your lineups. A.J. Green is back at practice after missing last week while being on the COVID list. So if Hopkins is out, um, both A.J. Green and Christian Kirk should benefit from that. If both Hopkins and Green play, um, Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore are just low-end flex considerations for me this week. Tight end Zach Ertz is a low-end tight end 1, coming in at tight end 12 in my rankings. So if you've been starting them in your lineups, you're probably still starting him again this week. Um, up next, we have what I think will be the most interesting game on Sunday, and that's the Minnesota Vikings visiting the L.A. Chargers. This game is an extremely high 53 and point over-under, with the Chargers currently favored by a field goal. Uh, and so there's the expectation that there's going to be plenty of fantasy points to go around this week in this matchup. For the Vikings, we talked earlier this week about the Dalvin Cook news. So if you missed that, go back to the beginning of Wednesday's podcast um, to listen to that. But as expected, nothing has happened to him yet because the NFL tends to be very slow-moving when it comes to these situations. So for now, Dalvin Cook is expected to continue playing. And if he's playing, he needs to be in your lineup. I expect him to have a good game here with a high workload in a game that's expected to be high scoring. Um, your starting wide receivers, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen this week, even though you were let down by their performances last week, um, you're throwing them back in your lineup. They're solid. They're going to have a nice game here. Uh, tight end Tyler Conklin should be a nice play here. Uh, especially if you're searching for options at the tight end position. He's my tight end 16 on the week, um, but he's been playing pretty well in recent weeks here. Kirk Cousin comes in at my quarterback 14 on the week, so he's right on the border of the quarterback one conversation. In what should be a high-scoring affair, I wouldn't have any issues with you starting him over another quarterback in that same range this week. Uh, For the Chargers, Justin Herbert, he's in your lineup every week. He's my quarterback 7. He's going to have a solid game. Running back Austin Eckler let you down last week, but you're leaving him in your starting lineup, and you're going to be happy with the results because he's a PPR monster and is currently the RB3 in PPR scoring formats this season. Keenan Allen is questionable with a knee injury, but he returned to practice on Thursday. If he starts on Sunday, you play him. He's a top 20 wide receiver this season and currently my wide receiver 9 on the week. Wide receiver Mike Williams has slowed down a little bit um, from his hot start to the season but he's still my wide receiver 21 on the week, so you can confidently start him at wide receiver this matchup. Tight end Jared Cook is also in consideration for me this week if I'm looking to take a shot on someone in the tight end 2 range. Um, In what's expected to be a high-scoring matchup, there's a good chance that Cook sees a few red zone targets this week, and if he converts one of them, it'll definitely pay off for you. He's my tight end 17 on the week. The next game, um, the Philadelphia Eagles are flying a mile high this week to play the Denver Broncos. This game has a 45.5 point over-under, so one of the lower ones of the week, um, and the Broncos are currently favored by 2.5 points. Uh, Quarterback Jalen Hurts is definitely going to be in your starting lineup for you this week. With his rushing ability, he's got one of the highest floors at the quarterback position and should still put up decent numbers even if he struggles to throw the ball well this week. He comes in at my quarterback 10 in my rankings. Uh, Devonta Smith is the only Eagles wide receiver that I'm considering this week. He comes in at 28 in my rankings, which puts him on the low-end wide receiver 2 flex range. Tight end Dallas Goddard is my tight end 8 this week, so he's starting for you, unless you also happen to have one of the elite tight ends on your roster. As I discussed earlier in the week, I really don't trust any of the Eagles running backs. Jordan Howard hasn't had a nice week last week and got a permanent promotion to the 53-man roster as a result. Um, but between Howard, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell... I really don't want to be stuck guessing each week with which running back is going to have the most fantasy value. So I'm probably staying away all three um, from all three. If you have to play Jordan Howard this week, it's as a desperation flex play at most. Denver's been pretty good against the run this year. Uh, on, the, on the Broncos side of the ball, Teddy Bridgewater comes in as my quarterback 17 on the week. So he's really only in consideration for two quarterback leagues um, or super flex leagues. You can start both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams this week. They're both inside the top 24 at the running back position in my rankings, and they're both putting up very solid numbers each week, despite the fact that they're both stuck in about a 50-50 timeshare. you are starting Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton at wide receiver this week for the Broncos. They're both in the wide receiver two range for me, and Noah Fant is expected to be back this week, um, so he's a low-end, tight-end one for me. Uh, The next game we have is the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Green Bay Packers. This game has a reasonably high 49-point over-under, with the Packers currently favored by 3.5 points. Head coach Pete Carroll confirmed today that Russell Wilson will be back as their starting quarterback this week, bringing a sigh of relief to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf owners. You're starting all three in your league this week. Uh, Running back Chris Carson is expected to be a game-time decision this week as he tries to return from injured reserve um, from his neck injury if he plays i'd be willing to start him if he's out again this week i don't really like any of the backup options that seattle has at running back Um, so i'm probably not throwing any of those guys in my lineups on the green bay side of the ball quarterback aaron Rodgers and head coach matt lafleur are both optimistic that he will be back this week at quarterback for them granted he has yet to clear the COVID protocols so there's still a chance he could miss the game Um, but if i had to guess my assumption is that he'll be back for the packers this week If that's the case, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams would be high-end starters at their position. If Rodgers is forced to miss a second week and Jordan Love gets to start at quarterback, then I would downgrade both Jones and Adams to RB2 and wide receiver 2, respectively. Um, So still starting for you, but you're going to temper your expectations considerably if Aaron Rodgers is out. Uh, And also, running back A.J. Dillon is playable as a flex option this week. Um, but that's about it for Packers um, players that you're looking to play in your fantasy games. Finally, in our Sunday night game, we have the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Las Vegas Raiders in a game with a 52-point over-under. The Chiefs are currently favored by 2.5 points. Even though you're disappointed with the season he's been having, Patrick Mahomes still needs to be in your starting lineup each week. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are still must-starts for you as well this week. Uh, and Daryl Williams is a mid-range RB2 with Nicole Hardman um, would be a viable flex option for you as well. Um, again, this is one of the um, projected to be one of the more higher scoring games of the week. So again, I think all of those options are going to be solid. For the Raiders, Derek Carr comes in as my quarterback 13 on the week, so he's definitely in consideration as a starter in one quarterback leagues, um, especially in what is expected to be a high scoring matchup. You're starting Josh Jacobs um, at running back and Darren Waller at tight end, no questions asked and hunter renfros seems to be the biggest benefactor from the departure of henry ruggs at this point and comes in as my wide receiver 23 on the week so that'll do it for today's episode um, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes and if you've got a question you'd like right on the show send us an email at sitting at gmail.com enjoy the rest of your weekend good luck with your matchups this week and we'll catch you again on monday's episode for a recap of the sunday games and a preview of the Monday night football game. Thanks for sitting in traffic with me. Thanks for listening to the Sitting in Traffic podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Sitting in Traffic Pod and on Twitter at Sit in Traffic Pod. Listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Catch us next time while we're sitting in traffic.